It is so such a privilege to be here with you and to be preaching. And, uh, and I don't take that lightly, um, the privilege of, of being here. And I'm just amazed at the Lord and Holy Spirit. And just, I was really during uh, Ntokozo's welcome and announcements and Neil with praise and worship, I was like, Lord, we may as well go home because you have ministered what you have given to me to minister. And just so, just so like, Lord, thank you for how you lead us and guide us. And, and well done to all for, for just hearing the Lord. And this morning, <clears throat> I am going to be continuing where my wonderful husband left off with where is your faith? Well, I'm not sure if it's totally left where he left off, but I'm going in the same vein. Uh, and I was so challenged and struck uh, by numbers of, of points that he brought out in last week's word. And want to encourage you, <clears throat> if you have not, if you weren't here last week, if you haven't listened to that message yet, I'd really encourage you to do so. And uh, Jacques was, was speaking out of the story of Jesus being in the boat. And Luke 8, verse 24 to 20, well, Luke 8, verse 22, thereabouts, where <clears throat> Jesus finishes ministering and, uh, and then he says to the disciples, let's get in the boat and we're going to go across the the lake the sea sorry go across the sea and and they're going and Jesus is tired you know when you minister when you're preaching when you're sharing virtue flows life flows and Jesus was fully man and he was tired I want to say we get tired when we bring the word when we minister. So sometimes when we are not so ready to answer phone calls or whatever or at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, it's because, or my husband is, it's because he's puchai. <laughs> <laughs> and, and if you haven't noticed, he is a passionate minister. He gives his all. And, and I want to honor him and respect him. I see how much he, he prepares the heart that he puts into his preparing and his preaching. And one of the things, well, the main point that I was attracted to in him was his passion. Passion for everything, but mostly passion for Jesus. And I, I, I maybe didn't realize how much that affected all of life. <laughs> Not just his passion for Jesus, um, but it's a real privilege to do life with my wonderful husband. Um, amen, amen. And <clears throat> so, so I was one of the uh, big aspect that he was speaking into was where is your faith is the title, but how strongly our authority and how we operate in our lives and the authority with which we live our lives, how strongly that is tied to our level of faith. And I want to just put up um, this 
this slide from that story of Jesus being in the boat. And Jesus, uh, and in Luke it says, with great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly they stopped and became as smooth as glass. Instantly they stopped. Then Jesus said to them, Why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Shocked and shaken, they said with amazement to one another, Who is this man who has authority over winds and waves that they obey him? And this incredible link between with great authority and Jesus questioning the disciples and saying, have you lost your faith in me? The link between faith and authority. And when Jesus was saying this and asking this question to the disciples, he was not speaking it as a judgment. And for many of us, when we might read the story and put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples, we would maybe, because of our concept of God, being a judgmental God who wants to uh, find out where our fault is, we can read that as being, you naughty disciples, why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Come on, grow up. And God, I don't believe that that was Jesus' heart with the disciples. And I want to invite you, just examine your a receiving of these words right now. How did you receive them as you looked at that? What is your concept of God? How do you engage God and relate to God? And I believe that Jesus was being, guys, why are you fearful? What's in your heart? Look at your heart and look. What are you looking to? Are you looking to who I've made you to be? Are you looking to who I am? You've got Jesus, the king of the universe in your boat after all. Who are you looking to? And he's calling them to examine their hearts so that they can walk in a greater level of faith. So that they can grow in increase. Not because of judgment, but because he's saying, I see the greatness I've got in you. I know who you are. I have put it in you. There is a plan and a purpose that I have put on your life. And I'm saying, come, let's rise up together. Let us rise up together. And that is what Jesus is saying to us today. And this story, I feel, and, and this preach is ringing, so ringing true with many of us because there's a need, there's a cry in our hearts today. At the moment, the world is just so stormy. And, and many of us can be, Lord, why are we going through the storm? I'm sure the disciples, that was Jesus, man, why? Did you, you're the God of the universe, you know what was going to be happening. You knew that the storm was going to be coming on the lake. But yet, Jesus, you didn't say, okay, let's stay on the shore and then uh, we'll let the storm pass. And 
then we'll sail. As Pastor Jacques said, as Jacques said last week, it's Jesus knew the disciples were in obedience as they were going through the storm. And why were they going through the storm? What, what was the reason? And I felt like we, we need to step back from the story a bit. And I want to invite you today to step back from the story of the storms in your life right now. The storms of failing in your, in your studies. Or um, there's so many things that, that we're all going through. The difficulties at work. The, the colleagues that are calling you names, that are uh, uh, pulling you to one side and are, are speaking negative stuff to you and saying, we don't want to listen to you, etc. The different storms, the wrestling with your children that are, that are maybe not following God right now, that are really going on their own path. The difficulties of wrestling with our faith. The storms that we're going through. And why, Lord, why are we going through those storms? And just as with this picture earlier this morning as I was, as I was preparing and just thinking about this picture, I, I had this picture of the, the disciples in the storm and I want to invite you to see yourself in the boat with the disciples and them holding on to the sides of the boat and the boat going under and this picture and <clears throat> that picture there with the, the waves breaking over, uh, breaking over like that and picturing yourself in the boat, holding on to the edge of the boat and these waves coming over and going, but... I want you to picture the boat coming through the waves and the disciples are still holding on to the boat. And they're still in the boat. And Jesus going, Yeehaw! Wasn't that fun? That was amazing! Come on, guys, let's go! Can we see it that way? Or we can say, Oh, God, we're drowning! This is terrible! I'm going to die! But you know, so many people pay lots of money to go whitewater rafting. <laughs> Which perspective are we going to have? And we can be woe is me, or we can be God, what adventure are we going on? What are you creating in my life? What are you building in my life? Through taking me through the storm, I can answer this question, Jesus, I have full faith in you. Because you are King Jesus, Lord over the wind and the waves. He is the one who has authority over winds and waves. That winds and waves speaks to the atmosphere, speaks about what is happening in the spirit realm. And it was, I want to submit to you that maybe that storm was manifesting because of the, the freedom and the wreaking havoc on the, on the demonic realm that Jesus and the disciples were going to do. 
Because where was Jesus and the disciples going to? They were going to the Gadarenes. And Jesus went and he set free two men that were demon-possessed by a legion of demons. But if we are just the disciples sitting in the boat, woe is me, and thinking about ourselves, we forget and don't have the perspective that we are more than conquerors and we are God's ambassadors come to set free people from the dominion of darkness. And if the disciples had maybe, if they hadn't gone in the boat then, the, the guys would have not been there for Jesus to meet. The timing was right, right there. And Jesus brought a freedom to those guys, to the men in the Gadarenes. They were crossing the lake to bring freedom to the two Gadarenes, the tormented guys on the other side. Plus, in, in addition, those guys were terrorizing the whole countryside, all the people around there were so in fear of these demon-possessed guys because they would jump on the travelers, jump on the people who were going along that way, and they couldn't pass. They were battling in that region. And maybe those, the enemy, the devil, had a stronghold I would say not maybe, definitely had a stronghold in that area where people were, were so full of fear and those men, the Gadarenes, were a stronghold. They were a house for the demon, for the principalities and powers to operate in that area. If we're looking what could have been, okay, it doesn't say that in the Bible, but could have been in the spirit realm. And maybe... The storm in the physical was a manifestation of what was coming, of the clash of light and darkness coming because Jesus was coming to set free that region from that principality and power. But if Jesus had just said to the had just considered, oh, you poor disciples, I'm so sorry. Okay, this is really hard that, okay, we won't go through the storm. But Jesus is saying, I believe in you, disciples. I know what I have put within you. I believe you are ready for us to go through the storm. And maybe Jesus was sleeping. I, I don't know, I'm just picturing. Maybe he was sleeping, but maybe he was just pretending to sleep. Maybe he was sleeping with one eye open, going like, okay, I want to see if the disciples are going to stand up and rise up and, in their faith and, and rebuke this, this storm now. Okay, that's Jenny's translation. That's not what the Bible says. But, but maybe he, was, he were, let them sleep Oh, he was sleeping because he was like, okay, I want to see how you, have you been learning the lessons that I've been teaching you? Again, not as a judgment, but as for them to have the test in their hearts. 
what's in their hearts, what's, where are they at? And a friend of mine shared a word with me um, a few months ago, and she spoke about how the Lord is wanting to bring a spirit of strength and might into this church. And she said, maybe she, she, the Lord gave her a picture and a, a, bit, a, a dream where there was a picture and a, a bit of a story. And she, um, and she said, but she felt like the Lord was bringing and wanting to bring on this community a spirit of strength and might. And she said, could it be that some of what you've gone through, what you are going through, and we as a community are made up of individuals, is because for the very thing that God is wanting to bring out a spirit of strength and might. But do you know, you will not have overcomers if there is not something to overcome in the first place. We will not be mighty men and women if we don't have a storm to go through. And God does not bring the storms, but in his incredible might, incredible uh, wisdom and sovereignty, he is able to use the storms that the enemy brings or that we walk through to make us strong and mighty. And we need to decide, are we going to be people of authority? Or are we going to be people who are coming under the waves and allowing the waves to overwhelm us and make us feel like victims and say, we can't do this? I, I didn't check with Neo, but I want to, if she's okay, I want to share a little bit of her story. Is it okay? <laughs> Neo... Don't you think Nao did so well today? Come on, Nao. There is a strength of worship and an anointing of might on this young woman. But the enemy has been trying to steal it from her. So Nao, the Lord used Nao and has built her up and strengthened her in leading worship leading and ministering, even preaching, within her school context, last year at school. Nao is the same age as most of our matrics. She's actually a year young for her class. But the Lord has used her well and built her and discipled her last year at school. But for a lot of this year, the enemy has been lying to her that she can't do it, that she's not good enough. He's been pulling her away from being involved in church, in church, coming to church and whatever. She was feeling so discouraged and disheartened. But we have a campus missionary <laughs> called Amu who does not give up with one call and now won't come. Two calls, now nah, won't come. Three calls, uh, no, I can't make it this year to campus conference. Four calls, five calls, past Jenny, come. 
And God has brought just such a renewing to, to Nao as we have gone after her. And we have seen, and Nao has been like, God, this is who you are. And dealing with some of the lies that the, that the enemy was bringing against her, was saying, you are under, God, do you want to use me? Am I who I thought I was? And as she's being willing to agree with who God has said that she is, she is standing here this morning and bringing worship. And Nao's only first year. And it's not, it's, it is Jesus, it's her King Jesus that gets the glory. But she needs to agree with King Jesus Amen. about the things that are in her. Amen? Even just when I was coming here and I was like, Nao, are you ready to go? She was like, ah, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like a bit like, oh, I hope Nao's not going to go out the gate. I hope she's going to come <laughs> in the hall. And, and the Lord is going to use her as she says yes to him about the fact that she is more than a conqueror. Amen. Amen. Bill Johnson said this, and, and Pashak brought this out <clears throat> um, last week. He said, we have authority over any storm we can sleep in. And what is he saying there? It is when we have such faith in him. We have such trust in Jesus that is in our boats that we can sleep. That we are not wrestling and, and anxious and worried and etc. And I was, I was so struck by a, a little a, a message that Pastor Bill Johnson brought and that we listened to recently. And he spoke... Um, from Psalm 23. And uh, he said here, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if we are experiencing anxiety, high levels of anxiety, high levels of wrestling and worry and whatever, plus Bill Johnson's question to in his message was, is Jesus really your Lord? Is Jesus really your Lord? Are you living like Jesus is your Lord? Or are all the things that are bringing, coming against you, the friends that are being ugly to you and are, are not speaking positively, not encouraging you and building you, are they more important, have more authority in your life than Jesus, who is the Lord. And we can say he is Lord, Jesus is my Lord, but are we living like he is our Lord? Are we listening to him like he is our Lord? And in the Passion Translation, verse 4 and 5 of Psalm 23, it says, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. Your fear will never conquer me, for you already have. 
What are we doing with our fear? Where are we bringing it? You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast even when my enemies dare to fight. Just so much to meditate on and, and pull out of there. But this question, Lord, even when my, your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. It is the Lord. And right there, there's a submission. Lord, I submit to you as my Lord. I surrender to you. But the Lord takes us through. And we can ask the same question. Lord, why do I have to go through the storm? Lord, why do we need to go through that valley of deepest darkness? And Bill Johnson said something like this, that because he, the Lord believes in the work that he's done in you, he is confident that he's developed in you the ability to go through that valley already. And so we can be questioning God's goodness. We can be questioning his lordship and his ability to take us through. We can be questioning our ability to walk through that valley. But the Lord is the one that takes us through the valley. And he takes us through because he knows that in the valley even, there is a table of delight of knowing God in a way in the difficulties. Of knowing him in the difficulties that we will not know him when things are easy and well. When we are by the rivers of living water, and I don't believe it's either or as well. He, he is our river of living water that goes with us as we walk through the valleys. But we can refuse to go through those dark valleys. We can refuse to go through the storms. But then we will not get the victories that we're going to get on the other side. And he has so much for us. He has so much more for us than we know right now. And what is our strength and our peace? It is his authority. It is who he is. And it is who he has made us to be in that. And Bill Johnson said this, the longest way to stay in difficult places is living as though Jesus is not Lord. So we can, he can be our Lord. We are Christians. We're believers. But it's much harder and our situation and our valley will go much longer and much harder when we are living as though the situation and our friends that are so hard or our, um, our sick parents, our exams that we're failing, as though they are, have more power, have more authority in our lives than King Jesus. So, 
The shortest way through is allowing Jesus to be our Lord. Amen? Amen. <laughs> I want to read, uh, read the, about the centurion in Luke 7, verse 6 to 10. And this happens not uh, quite soon before Jesus gets into the boat and goes the other side. So this is part of the context that the disciples were in and Jesus was maybe saying, I'm, I'm hoping that they have learned from this centurion guy. So Jesus started off with them. So basically the um, this centurion, uh, this Roman officer, had a servant that was really ill. And, and he came to Jesus and said, Jesus, please, will you come and heal my servant? And many of the people, this is the backstory to this, many of the people that were around were saying to Jesus, Jesus, yes, please, can you go and heal this man? So please, can you go and do for him? Because he is a good man. So this wasn't even the disciples. This was the community around. Firstly, God wants to partner with us to impact our community. And the people were saying, um, he, he's helped to raise money for us and he does this in the community and he does that. If we are wanting to see God help us and bring us through things and give us authority, let us be impacting our community. Let us be ministering in our community because then we will see God doing breakthrough for us. And so um, the centurion sent some of the, his other servants to come and call Jesus and Jesus is going with them. And then Jesus says, uh, uh, it says here, Jesus started off with them, but on his way there, he was stopped by friends of the captain who gave this message. Master, don't bother to come to me in person, for I am not good enough for you to enter my home. But if you would just release the manifestation of healing right where you are, I know that my young servant will be healed. Unlike you, I am just an ordinary man, yet I understand the power of authority, and I see that authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey my every command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. Jesus marveled at this. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, listen, everyone, listen everyone, never have I found even one among the people of God, a man like this, who believes so strongly in me. Jesus then spoke the healing word from a distance. When the man's friends returned to their home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. And this story speaks here. This guy recognized the authority that Jesus was carrying. And where did he get his authority from? This man recognized that Jesus was under authority and he, what Jesus was operating as an ordinary man. But because he submitted to God, he, he submitted to his father. He did what he saw his father doing. He did 
Father, what you say to me to do. So I'm, I'm giving a little bit some of the things of how can we be overcomers in the storm, walking through the valley. One of them is for us to know our authority. And how do we have authority? It is as we submit to God. Uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, uh, just reinforces it. And it says here, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus has received all authority from the Father and he is saying to you, go and make disciples. He is giving us all authority. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 says, We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. God has made us ambassadors. What does an ambassador mean? An ambassador means that you represent the country from which you come. The uh, United States ambassador in South Africa is just an ordinary person. They have no authority in their own strength. But as the ambassador of, the, of America, when they speak, they have all the authority of America behind them. They have all that strength. And so you need to listen to the ambassador of America when they say, do this or do that. Because it is not... Mr. Joe Soap that is saying it, it is America that is saying it to you. And when we are standing as God's representatives in our lives, we have the authority, we have the lordship, the kingship of Jesus Christ backing us and standing and saying, Devil, you better move. The more we come under the authority of Christ, the more we gain the authority of Christ. The more we submit to him as Lord, the more we gain the authority of Christ. Authority comes through being submitted to someone in this case, God, of greater authority than yourself. All authority flows from God. And for too many of us, we are allowing the enemy to have authority over us. But we need to be standing like Jesus did. Our authority is this. Do, not, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me does the works. And then most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, 
that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God is giving us authority in our lives. And we will fight the battles. We will win the battles in our hearts first before we win the battles on outside there. We've got to know that we have authority in our lives first. And then we need to pray and stand in that authority that God has given us. But Jesus, it's also, Jesus says here in John um, 14 verse 10, he says, I do what the Father says. And, and again, this was another thing that Bill Johnson um, broke, brought out. He said, he confessed, he said, I have um, been guilty too often of not obeying Jesus. I was like, Bill Johnson, <laughs> not obeying Jesus. How can he not be, uh, he be confessing this? And he said, it's not about whether I'm walking in moral right or wrong. I settled that obedience long ago. Whether I'm obeying him, whether I'm sinning in being, like whether I'm sleeping around or not, whether I'm tithing or not, whether I'm coming to church or not, whether I'm, you know, abusing my... He said it's not about that obedience. It is about assuming that what Jesus said for me to do yesterday is the same as what he's telling me to do today. And so I just operate on principle rather than on relationship and on listening to what Jesus said. Because I will only have authority as I'm submitting to Jesus in the things that he is telling me to do today and obeying him. So yes, we have authority over the enemy in these areas of sin that we are not walking in. The devil does not have a foothold there and a strength there. Absolutely, definitely. But it goes much further than that. Am I listening to him today? He is telling me today, One, will you pick up the phone and phone this person and encourage them with this word today. Why? Because they need it today. They weren't facing that um, refusal and all the difficulty and the whatever. They, yesterday, they dealing with it today. And I will get a victory and a freedom and you will have authority in their lives to speak it because you are submitted to me and my authority and obeying me today. And you do it today. And there will be an increased authority. You will have authority to speak into their lives because you're flowing in his today word. Amen? That obedience. And we, Jesus is saying, let's walk in that today. And how do we walk in that today? It's by being... Um, being surrendered to him, by being uh, intimate with him, by coming to church. If you want authority to be able to speak into what's happening in this area, in this metron, then you need to be here. You need to be at our prayer meetings. You need to be hearing what is God saying. You need to be in church on a Sunday so that you are submitted to the authority in this church, 
submitted to God and sensitive to what he's saying, and then you have authority in this place. In the workplace, if you're bringing your workplace to God and you're wanting authority there, it's God, it's take ownership of your workplace. Pray for it. Ask God for words. Speak to him. If you're wanting authority at school, Ask God, take ownership, pray. Pray for those situations, pray for those people. Like Nao said, within her statistics, she brought Jesus into her statistics. And as a result, she had authority there. She got victory. She was set free. She got distinctions there. It can happen in our lives too, in our different areas. How do we do this? Just a continuation. If you resist the enemy, we need to resist the enemy. If you do not resist the enemy, nobody else will. Now read my notes. If you do not resist him, nobody else will. We need to resist him and he will flee. Don't just ignore the devil. Don't just, oh, poor woe is me. There's this huge spiritual atmosphere. It is so hard. Maybe it's because there's some demon-possessed people around you who are desperately needing freedom and life. But God is saying, will you pray? Will you be the person who will trust me to bring the life, to bring the light, to be the one that dispels the darkness in their lives? And the enemy is real. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Another scripture, these scriptures are key resistance warfare scriptures. Submit yourselves to God and actively resist him. James 4, verse 7 and 8, we, pre, we, we speak this to the devil when he's trying to um, lift up his lies. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. So we say, devil, in the name of Jesus, I submit myself to God. I resist you, devil, and I tell you that you will flee from me. When last have you prayed that kind of prayer? You must pray those prayers. Because otherwise he's going to walk all over you. The, the waves are going to come and overwhelm you and you're going to get washed off the boat if you don't hold on to your faith. Hold on to, to the purpose and the plans that God has got for you. Finally, Ephesians 6 verse 10 to 18. Stand. We need the weapons of our warfare. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore. People, let's stand. God is bringing a spirit of strength and might onto this church. In this church, through this church. He's not just bringing, he has brought it. But we need to stand in it. We have many of us who are new, who are here. And we want to say to you, come into the spirit of strength and might. Stand in it. 
but we need to stand. The devil wants to push us over. He's, he's pushing, he's rocking the boat a little bit, and he's saying, okay, how strong are you going to stand? Are you going to just fall over? Are you going to hide your head under the, under the chair? Or are you going to stand and say, in the name of Jesus, be still, storm? Just like Jesus was saying and, and showing us how to do. And how do we do it? He's given us the whole armor of God. And I was like, oh, we could go through the whole armor step by step, but there's no time for that. Don't worry. You can do that as your homework at home. Go through the armor of God and see how, much, how many weapons he's given us. I wanted for us just to, to close off. Um, have we got the song? Is the song ready? Einstein, I want us to close off and I want you to pray individually now. And this is a song by um, Brooke Lidgetwood, King Jesus. And it is speaking about who he is, his kingship, his lordship. And I want to invite you to re-surrender your life to Jesus. And if there's anyone here who has never surrendered your life to Jesus before, I want to invite you to come to the front as the song is playing and to give your life to Jesus. But I want to invite all of us to say, say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I declare again that you are my Lord, not my um, colleagues, not my exams, not my friends, not the uh, the the things from my past that are telling me that I'm useless and my family, not the demons. Many of us experience demons or have friends that are being, um, uh, are being uh, terrorized by demons at night. The demons are not Lord. Jesus is Lord. Let's live like Jesus is Lord. Join us for some live services. If you are visiting Peter Maritzburg in Peter Maritzburg or the surrounding areas, please do come through and join us from half past nine to 11 o'clock every Sunday at 154 Burkett Road, Scottsville, Peter Maritzburg, South Africa, 3201.